good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to Ongakudu, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of November 5th, 2021. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Gray. What's happening, dudes? And Luna. Hello, everyone. Ginky. Oh, Ginkies and Deeds. It's first time in Yay. a while that all three of us are back again. Welcome back, Luna. Woohoo! And we're going to lose you again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just briefly. <laughs> Just briefly. <laughs> but yeah. How have you guys been and what you've been listening to today? Let's start with you, Luna. Well, it's been a while. I, I'm going to keep it kind of short because there are some things I've been listening to. Let me pull up my library. So I've been going back to Cream's newest single, Tattoo, which came out on October 1st. I am still... I, I It grew on me. I liked it at first, but I wasn't in love with it. And the more I've listened to it, the more I've really started to love it. And also... Of course, Yayoi Diamond's Chillin' Like a Midnight that also dropped on October 1st. I still love that that sing- that song. It is fantastic, super chill, great vibes for the season. I spent a lot of time listening to Tommy Heavenly Six due to the lovely Halloween season. And her Halloween Addiction EP is phenomenal. If you get a check to chance, uh, check out Lollipop Candy Bad Girl, that is a great track, and make sure you listen to the long version of it. Also been listening back at Kodakumi as she released a new rendition of Cutie Honey with her upcoming anniversary. I'm getting prepped for it, so I've been going through all her music again. And I recently started listening to Ayumi Hamasaki's Love Classics album, which is a remix album. And it came out years ago, and I I decided to pop it in. I did not realize how wintry all the compositions sound. So despite me having a love-hate relationship with winter music so close to after Halloween, I am enjoying it. I think the rendition of Voyage on there is absolutely beautiful. And I do highly recommend that album, especially with the season. Um, Also been listening to Rhymester. I haven't listened to them in years. And uh, they came up recently and I went back to some of their older songs and I forgot how much I loved them, especially their Heat Island album from 06 is phenomenal. I love Tosu no Funk. But I also finally got around to listening to Chanmina's newest album, Harenshi, which is phenomenal. It is. I've been seeing her pop up on the good old late night TVs as of late. So good for her. Yeah, I'm I'm happy for her. She's been seeing picking up success greatly, and Hudden she is amazing. I I love the style she's starting to go for because she can do a good combination of rap and vocals. And Hudden she is a very dancey album, and that's the reason why I'm liking it. Is it has some very good vibes coming from it. The compositions are great. Her vocals match with it. And also she included the Never Grow Up Acoustic version on there, which is amazing. But I highly recommend that album as a whole. I loved every single song off of it, which usually there's like one or two I'll nitpick with, but I think it's just a solid album and it's streaming. So check that one out. And then I started listening to AK69. I don't remember what caused me. I think it was because Chanmina was featured on his track Racing. 
And then I went through his whole discography. <laughs> and I forgot how much I really liked him, especially his collaboration. Forever Young featuring Uberworld is amazing. So it's been, being honest, it's just been a hodgepodge of new stuff. There's been way too many releases coming out. Millie's new album, Who Loves Me, is amazing as well. And I just, there's just way too much. So. Cool, cool, cool. What about you, Gray? Yeah, no, I've still been rocking out to Romeo and Juliet and by Shirose. Uh, that, I just, I absolutely love that track and it has just been one of my favorites. Uh, I have been listening to Lisa's, not her latest uh, single, uh, but her other latest single, Hadashi no Step. I, I just, I still love that song. It's just something I have kept on repeat. Uh, and I've been listening to Enter by Akira Takana. Uh, that, it's a really good album. I'm, like It's just like quality album through and through. I think I listened to it three times Thursday. Uh, just, you, you know, hit the first song and just did, never left it. It just pl- left it on repeat all day. It was really good. It was a good day for me. Uh, so, yeah. Other than that, I've been listening to Tokimeki by Vondi because that's, that's still just a killer track overall. And... Uh, that's about it nothing too crazy what have you been listening to bud that is a good question what have i been listening to there's been a couple things of note so i've been listening to a lovely group called with them and they did a cover of gunjo which is blue from yao sobi i really think you would like that version gray i really think okay i'll have to check that out it's a a very interesting cover because it's fairly uh vocal heavy and not really composition heavy like how it is with the osobi so okay cool I'll, i'll have to check that out awesome and then there is also i've been listening to scandal's latest single the one more time track that came out like a couple weeks back so i came back to listen to that i've been also listening to uh, good old kana hanazawa's with her latest ep moonlight magic the title song is absolutely fantastic as soon as i heard this i was like this sounds like kana and when i left it up i was like oh yeah it is kana And then after that, I've been kind of going down my usual stuff. I've been still listening to Imagine by Tendre. Uh, that's just an amazing album. Been also listening to some kind of a lot of retro stuff. Well, not retro. I, I'm mixing mixing my, my podcast here because retro isn't an include, included with this in this podcast. I've been thinking of uh, Potosaurus for a bit. But I've been listening to a lot of older tracks by AKB48. I've been the good old days of of River and Beginner and Heavy Rotation. A lot of stuff of the olden days from them. Mostly because I've been doing a lot of walking, so that's been on my on my thing there. I've been listening to Tokimeki Records with their Christmas Carol no Kore Niwa featuring Hikari. It's absolutely amazing. I've been also listening to to Back Number with Yellow again. So just a lot of good songs all around. I think so. But yeah, with that, let's continue on to this week's topic here, and I think. 
this one is a fairly interesting one because I know how the good old physical media trend is dying here. I actually had a, a very funny conversation before I start here. So I had to do a discrepancy charge because I'd, uh, I got charged for something that I just did not know wh where the hell it came from. Apparently it came from CD Japan. However, I never got charged for it until three months later when the thing shipped because I thought it was already paid for. The guy asked what this company was and I was like, oh, you know, this is a company that sells CDs from Japan and stuff like that. And the guy goes, CDs? Doesn't that place have, doesn't Japan have technology? Why, why, why are they using CDs and vinyls and stuff? <laughs> Sorry, this is just hilarious. Yeah, and I, I had to be like, yeah, no, Japan still likes physical media. And he's like, what, what's wrong with them? <laughs> I was just like, okay. <laughs> I was just like, it just so happened to be on this week's episode that I had to do this. And I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> It's very interesting. <laughs> but no, that is. And I think it's funny because one of our friends always gives me shit because he's like CDs. They're so why are you still collecting them? They're obsolete now. You got Apple and Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but you know how how Japan is. Japan is still loves their their physical media, and you know with physical media, you know how certain labels and artists they have certain trends like doing an LP release or a vinyl release or a cassette release, so to speak, to make it that little extra oomph. And obviously, we have the limited editions and and stuff like that that comes with like a Blu-ray or DVD and stuff like that, and. You know, the topic that I wanted to talk to you guys about is what is that one extra thing that an artist would have to do to quote unquote guarantee that sale for you? And I I figured we start with you, Greg, because I know that you're more of a digital guy. So I would love to hear what is that extra thing that an artist would have to do to have a physical copy of that? Yeah, and the I'll be honest, like the reason I'm mostly digital is more money reasons than anything yeah, else. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. cheaper to go digital, so it, yeah. it's not that I want to just clear up. I, I don't have an aversion to, to physical, yeah. L like the the lovely uh, dude in your example there. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, because uh, I, I do I like I like physical media, and in my mind, I'm always like, you know, when I get to a, a better place in my life, I'll, I'll get physical, I'll get more into physical and I just haven't gotten there yet. So yeah, I'm still on the journey, but I, I will say w one thing that has really encouraged me in the past and will continue to encourage me in the future is I love music videos. Okay. That, that's one of the things about me, especially if I love the song, I love to look up the music video and see the music video for the track. So uh, there's one song that I really love, and I'm, I'm certain everyone's heard me praise this song to death and back, and that is Boyfriend by LOL. Well, here's the thing. If you look up the music video for Boyfriend by LOL, it's missing that last minute. It does not have the full music video, and I don't own the, the, LOL, the first album for LOL, and 
I want to pick up the album for LOL that has that music video for Boyfriend in it. So the way I can see it, because it's like my favorite song of all time by LOL, still is. I just love that song. And I can't get the music video. It drives me crazy. Uh, and it's like, I get to see like 75% of the music video on YouTube, but I want to see the like the full version. The Johnny's West track that I picked up, Something New, it's the name of the track. Uh, th- that one of the, half the reason I picked it up, the addition I got was the music video one because I like the music videos. That's one of the things that I really like. Like I don't have a record player, so like the the vinyls is useless to great, me. So it's great, I don't have a great to be, either. To, to be perfectly honest, I don't have a vinyl player either. But hey, I still collect the shit out of those stuff. <laughs> More power to you. In my mind, if I if I'm buying something, like I want to be able to use it and, and stuff. And my, I, my wife is very much in the same vein I am. Like like I want to oh. get some functionality out of it. I'm I'm more so on the thought of how the fuck am or how the hell am I gonna process or profit off of this later on down the line? Because like like, <laughs> I, like I said, I bought two versions. So the, the the purchase that I did get in question was a vinyl version of Plastic Love. I know the hell that that vinyl is only going to go up in price. I'm not going to play the hell. I'm not, I'm never going to play this vinyl. I only took a picture of it. And I'm like, yeah. And, and back in yeah. the cover, you go, no, no one's going to listen to this because I know for a fact that weebs are going to buy the hell out of this <laughs> at a That's later true. price. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, and it's also and a good is- collector's items. Vinyls. I feel like, to your mode on that, Ken, a lot of people buy to collect because I'm in the same boat. If you try to get it later on, you're kind of screwed because they usually only print so many of those vinyls and they're a very limited run like the Evangelion ones. I missed out on all the, you know, the title One Last Kiss. Yeah, if you yeah, missed yeah. out on those, they skyrocketed in price. So, Oh, uh, yeah. The the One Last Kiss for Rutata, that man... I, I do wish I would have caught that because like that that oh, the value I got of that both versions baby go through the roof. <laughs> I got both the American so, release and the Japanese release which is Ray and Asuka oh very nice very nice so you're going in in ten years I, I can be like hey <laughs> ten years yeah. it'll be like two grand and I'm never gonna <laughs> yeah you, like you can flip it and, and and make some make make some sweet coin so. Yeah, uh, but, but no, yeah, no, going yeah. going going back to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that to me is, and you know, there's still a lot of groups that do this where they're not they don't put up the full music video. Like they they give you half well, not so, or not so much. Not so much the group. The the label usually does. That. Yeah, but I think it's a smart practice. I because it, it, oh, it's yeah. enough to satisfy you. Like I it I can't complain at Avex. That 75% of the music video is on YouTube. I mean, I guess I could, but that would make me seem petty. But, like, like it's like, you know, I understand. Like, it, to me, that that's a smart business practice. Like, here's most of it. We're not going to give you all. Here's, like, most of it. And then if you want yeah. the full version, you can always go out and buy it. And I think that practice is going to continue, and I think it's smart. And it appeals to people like me who really like music videos and, you know, likes to see the, the artists and, you know, what they do and stuff like that. And especially groups like DICE and LOL, it, you know, any of, like, your dance-heavy groups where 
part of the the appeal of the group is their choreography. Uh, Daichi Miura is another wonderful example of this. You, you know, one of the things I love about him is his music videos because he has really good dance choreography in his music videos. So for me, like that's well, that will always be a selling point for me. I love music videos and. If somebody really wants to guarantee my purchase, like that would be a good way to do it is include the music video as, uh, as a DVD or Blu-ray. I would prefer Blu-ray, but I've, I've got my PS4 set to Japan region, so I can I can play Japanese DVDs. And then yeah. if if I've got a PS3, if I want to play a DVD that I bought years ago, uh, that's not Japanese. So, but with that. What about you, Luna? What is something that you can guarantee that sale, so to speak? So, I'm a sucker for physical media, so you know this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there are a couple things that will guarantee me to buy it. And one of those, I will say, is like a Blu-ray. And that can include either, a lot of the times, if it is a concert on it, I will buy it. And this goes for DVDs, too. I have an all-region player, so I can watch whatever. I have a surround sound system. So I'll go for any Blu-ray or DVD as a bonus, especially if a full concert is included or even clips of it, because with everything going on right now, one, it's hard to see concerts. Two, it's hard to see them anyway. So this, I like to experience that. I love to watch artists perform live. It's one of my favorite things. And I will say if they include music videos, I'm happy with that. Like, to Grace's point as well, I love to see artists in in their element, and I love to see what videos they'll do, and even ones who aren't super dancey. I love the creativity artists display in it, too. But that is one thing that usually guarantees me to buy it is the Blu-ray or DVD aspect, and I always go for those limited ones if it includes that. The other thing that I am a sucker for is special packaging. If it is special packaging and first press edition, my butt is on that because I don't want to miss out, especially since they're limited runs. And Mizuki Nana always sells me because of the packaging. They come in a beautiful chipboard box. They have a chunky photo book and digipack packaging that just folds out and I love the imagery artistry that goes into it and it's always beautiful and this goes for her albums and blu-rays and with her albums she also includes a dvd or blu-ray with different features but those are things that sell me and you will get my money and I will shell out money for stuff like that so that is a big selling point for me now, if it's an artist I love and it's just a CD with a slipcase, I want that slipcase. And that's why we'll buy it early because a lot of those are limited features. But it's really the Blu-ray DVD aspect that sells me. And I will say there are times if they release a vinyl edition of it and if it's an artist I love, I will buy both editions. So, and I can play vinyls or cassettes. Cassettes are a little... Mm -mm. I, I don't really go that route usually, but I will say I love vinyls because of the packaging. I have a vinyl player. And like Ken stated, they go up in value because the band-made ones are already gone and I am regretting not buying them. So that's kind of, to my point, what really sells me is I, I like those extra goods. I'm a sucker for physical goods. I like to touch and feel the packaging. I love the photo books and looking through them. I will say K-pop 
is readily available, but what sells me is the photo books. And if Japan did some photo books like that, maybe not to that extent, because the packaging drives me crazy, but when they add additional photo books for Japanese CDs, I will get on that because I love looking at photo books and I love artwork and just the images. And I think they're beautiful. And I know there's a lot of artists that do do that or have done that in the past. And that's a big seller for me too. And this is probably why I never have any money because this is a money pit. (laughs) And Ken knows you probably, if anyone follows me on Instagram, you see all the stuff I buy and this, this goes beyond CDs, but I am a sucker for physical goods and pretty packaging. No, I, I understand because uh, there, there are times where it's like, you know, you buy something that just looks really freaking cool. And, and it's just like, you know, you have it on your shelf and you're like, you know, when, if you have people over, you know, maybe just sometimes you just want to look at something you like or, or something. It's like uh, one of my one of my favorite things is uh, I've it's not music related but i got the the party bus uh tmnt uh collection and i love that so you know if there was like something similar in that along the uh, music route that would be like really cool like i i don't like maybe like if uh, like lol did like a diorama of something or whatnot like that, that might be pretty cool but no, no, I understand where uh, Luna is coming from I, because, like, sometimes I can see, I, I can see that costing a hell of a pretty penny, though. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you know, collectors, collector stuff is already pretty expensive. So, you, you know, once you're over a hundred dollars, like, uh, um, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like you know, once you're over a hundred bucks, I mean, unless it's like four or five thousand dollars, like, I, I don't know. Uh, so like that, that to me just, you know, if it's, if you're willing to spend $100 on a collector's edition thing, what, what's another two, $300, you know? <laughs> so that, that's my thing. And to add to that, I know what you mean by the diorama thing. Cream did something like that for their, I think it was their sounds good album. They did a stereo and it came like in a stereo like case. I think it's like 50 bucks. I'd like to buy that, but shipping would be expensive. To add to that, like, you know what Grace said about the collector's editions, and, you know, if you're already going to spend this much on it, why not go all out? I ended up doing that with the Mage 8 album. I ended up getting that huge edition that was, like, two CD and four Blu-rays, and I finally, I was looking, like, if I'm going to spend about 60 bucks on the kind of like the regular edition why don't i just go all out and buy that ultimate edition with the extra blu-rays and the interviews in the concert and i did that i think it was like 130 on amazon discounted (laughs) but you know it's like why not just go all out if you're into that artist i mean just shell it out and suck it up but i mean that's only if you love an artist but yeah those things get you they suck you in and you want it because it's pretty hell i I buy two of everything for an artist that i like and it would be standard and limited (laughs) i do that too and i'm running out of space (laughs) (laughs) but i guess with that i'll continue on to mine and yeah, like, it honestly really depends on the artist and what it is. Like, for example, for, for the Bang Dream people, you know, like, they usually include, like, a Blu-ray concert that 
adds that little oomph, so to speak, that would push me over the edge to get them. What was really scummy is last year for Bang Dream Season 2, they didn't have a, a standard anime release. They had to they included the anime episodes on Blu-rays for the limited editions for each release. So if you really wanted to collect the entire season two of Bang Dream, you had to collect all the limited editions for the singles. And I fucking I, I, I hated that. <laughs> I was gonna say that's how they get you. But if you love it, you buy it. Yeah, I mean if you're only gonna like if you only care for one of their artists, then yeah, then it's fine just to get it. But if you care for the series as a whole and you're like, ah, I gotta get, like, pa- pastel palettes one, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> but, you know, f- for me, like, it really depends also on the genres as well, too. For city pop, R&B, and soul artists, I think, honestly, having an LP or vinyl would really legit me want to get that because i think a genre like that really deserves a vinyl release because of just the tone like for me i know that syrup released a vinyl and I, i'm looking for that if i could find that that'll probably be one of the bigger things that find tendre also released a vinyl as well that for for record day in japan and i would love to go out and try to find those records because that'll probably complete my collection to have those as well but it also has to do with a feel of what it is and also if it is a limited release or not because case in point uh polka dot stingray they released their ep it was an ep that was only going to be two thousand copies physical copies I, I was able to get one and i i only opened it once looked at it took a picture i'm like okay yep off you go. This is not going to be touched ever again. The digital release of it is fine. However, it's really scummy because uh, two acoustic version songs are only released on the physical release of that. And I also think that special versions of certain releases like Sakuna Action released a mini disc version of certain songs. And granted... Not everyone's going to have a mini disc player. It only really cares for audio files about what you like and if you can actually hear it, so to speak. But for the most part, the mini disc version had like the best audio quality I ever heard in a while. So, so I think it's just the rarity of certain things that really pushed me over the edge because I like the like we were talking about with the don't think twice vinyl that was only limited to like i think like 15,000 and that limit limitarity really caught my eye so to speak yeah i i agree with i like your idea in the city pop and r&b because a lot of those you do want on vinyl and that's one of the things i wish there's a couple r&b vinyls i would love from japan to be specific and it's just the way it sounds on vinyl and just being in that mood. Yes. I love how that genre, I think, releases great on vinyl. And I'm glad you brought up 
as being a specific artist, then you'll, you know, you're inclined to buy certain things by certain artists. I was gonna say, I don't buy everything in limited edition. It better be someone I love if I'm going to shell out that kind of money. But I really do like how you brought up the limited factor, because I think that keys in a lot of people to get things when they're available for a limited time with so many being produced, because you know that one is going to go up in value later on. And two, you're going to be lucky enough to get a copy, especially if you not only if you love the artist, but you collect it. It is something in your collection you're going to be like, yeah, this was very limited. I'm glad I have it because I love this artist and I was lucky enough to get it. Yeah, especially if, you know, that that artist really becomes beloved later on and really has a big career. You know, if you catch them like right in the beginning of their career, like you could really have something special because... You know, you look at uh, Luna, I'm certain you have some stuff from like Utada's early career. And I'm willing to bet that that's pretty valuable now because of how big and popular Utada is. So getting in at like the at the floor is really good. And, you know, yeah, you know, scarcity is going to increase the value of, of, of that, especially if there are people who really like collecting stuff like that and and you know the the va- really value that, that kind of thing so there there is a lot to be said for that so i, I can see that I, I wish i could double buy like what you guys do but I, I unfortunately i can't do that some i do some i don't for double buy but on the utada thing a lot of the stuff i have from her early career isn't worth anything because she has been so mass produced even early on because of her, she had early success. So most of her stuff was mass produced. Now there's a few rare concerts I don't have, but I've seen in the wind and I wouldn't say they're particularly old, like early career-ish, middle career-ish, but I will say I have some Ayumi CDs that are very, very rare and a lot of them are remix singles. And so that would be something I do have and I, it's taken me a while. But I feel like depending on artists, some are more mass produced than others, but it's still need to ha- that factor to have those. It makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, with that, you know, we would love to hear you guys, our listeners, what would be that one thing that would drive you over the edge to kind of guarantee that sale? Could be anything. Could be a magazine. Uh, you know, like with Scandal, what they did with their magazine stuff, I'm actually interested in getting those. Like, those magazines are probably worth money now. Because there was only a limited amount of press releases that they did. And I think it's very interesting that they included a magazine with their CD releases. I agree. I think that's really cool. And I regret not picking those up. I mean, it was it was it was really difficult to get anyway. See, Japan was really scummy on how they were handling pre-orders for that. With that, let's continue on to this week's Musicana here. And this week, Luna, you have the reign. So why don't you talk about your artist? All right. So I wouldn't say I went out of my comfort zone with this, but I, I picked an artist I, I, I hope everyone enjoys. But a little, it's a little something different. So I went with an artist called Kiki Vivi Lily. And she is a singer-songwriter who often crosses the boundaries of genre and between, like, an R&B pop fusion style and can put it in a perfect way, because I didn't even think of this, as a Shibuya K style. And 
So for me, I think she's a, a remarkable vocalist. She has sweet pop vocal style and a ear for unique melodies that can easily translate into other genres depending on composition. She got her start in the industry in 2016 with the EP Love and You. However, it wasn't until 2019 that she released her first studio album, Vivid. And from then on, she teamed up with composer and beatmaker and Music Corner alum and how I got introduced to her, Sukisha, for the album Over the Rainbow. She is known for her wonderful collaborations, which include Sweet William, Nobody Knows Plush, Shin Sakiura, and of course, Sukisha. And I like her vocals. She has sweet vocals that are smooth. And she te- I love that she tends to switch between the R&B and pop genres, making for nice fusion tracks with very memorable compositions. And I, I really do believe that the Shibuya K-style fits very well with if you want to be genre specific for her. So Kiki Vivi Lily first caught my ear on the collaboration album with Sukisha called Over the Rainbow. The track Grey Spring immediately had my heart along with Blue and Green. And with its soft composition, her vocals stood out as they not only showed her range, but her ability to match her voice to the melody, making this a perfect track to relax to. Her 80 denier has a nice beat and f- and just flows with her vocals and it pulls you into the song. I love how the chorus fits so nicely with the piano playing and her vocals match with it every bit and you get this magical sensation with it. I will say though, I think Lazy is probably my favorite track by her right now. And it is more of an upbeat track and from the opening of it, I was immediately pulled in. Her vocals are sweet, serene, and have more of that pop R&B fusion with it. And I love the melody as I think it fits very well. And I want to say like her new, one of her newest singles is phenomenal. License in Love is fantastic. And I, I think she, she's been an artist that I've, I, I started getting into thanks to Sakisha and I'm glad I got to revisit her and actually listen to her whole career but i am curious what you two uh what gray and ken you guys think of her as i know we we covered sukisha and she's somewhat in that similar boat so gray why don't you go first yeah uh kiki villi lovey was a pretty interesting cover and i'm glad you really covered her uh, it, it took me a, a little while to get into her. I'll be, I'll be honest. Uh, she's definitely unique and has a very distinct style. And it it took it took a while for it to click with me. It kind of similar with Sukisha. Like I needed to listen to it for a little while before I started kind of appreciating what it was. Uh, that being said, like I don't know if I'd run out and personally listen to her stuff. And so, but I did find some stuff that I like. I do think Lazy is a really good song. Like Luna said. Uh, but her collaboration album over the rainbow is is really good I like that whole album I thought was really solid there's like maybe a track or two I, I didn't care much for but overall I thought it was a really solid track with some really good composition work done and uh, I think I think it's just a really good thing uh one thing that I really liked was her good luck charm EP as well the song a uh, Himi goto or Hime Goto is really good and I really like that that's the number two track on that uh, but the whole EP I, I kind of wound up enjoying and like Luna said License of Love is pretty solid so 
overall, uh, she was a uh, pretty good. I like her vocals and it's definitely interesting. She does one collaboration song with Nobody Knows Plus, uh, Kokoro Doru, and that's a that is an interesting song because uh, Nobody Knows Plus is a very harsh rap style, and she has very soft vocals. So for for me, like there is a contrast there that uh, I thought was pretty interesting. I, I don't I didn't care much for it, but I, I thought it was interesting that they did that, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if they ever collaborate again because that it would be kind of cool if maybe like nobody knows plus brings her in on one of their tracks but yeah no i I thought she was a pretty interesting pick thank you Uh, i'm glad you find some uh tracks you really liked and i'm glad you brought up um the one that nobody knows plus because it's such an interesting track and ken i'm curious to hear what you have to say because this her compositions are definitely more in your wheelhouse, but vocal-wise, how did she, how, how did you, what did you think of Kiki Vivi Lily? Yeah, so Kiki Vivi Lily is someone that is, you know, I've come across in my usual space of artists here because she is in a lot of related searches for Sakisha and stuff like that, and Tendre and Showmore and stuff like that. She's definitely an artist that is in my wheelhouse. And, you know, she is... Her vocal style and composition is very Shibuya K style, and yeah, I like that. I, I, I also think that she's a, a very talented artist. When you listen to her collab work, vocally she's fairly strong as well as a solo artist. But there's only a couple things that I've honestly really liked. So. For example, I've really liked I liked Blue and Green, uh, Sky Lady. Sky uh, Sky Lady is actually one of my favorite songs. But uh, New Day f- featuring Sweet Williams also really good. Lazy is also one of those songs that I've absolutely love. And Coffee Ho- uh, Caffeine Holic, while a little bit different per my taste, I actually really really loved. So, to be honest, like, she's an artist, obviously, that would be in my wheelhouse to introduce, but I've known from Music Corner that it'd be very difficult to introduce an artist like this. I've been kind of biding my time, so I'm very thankful that you bit the bullet for me there, Luna. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad you got a chance to check out more of her music, and, and I know how you are, you know, you're super, I know what female vocalist you're very specific and she was one i'm like well i i totally see ken doing her at some point but because she is an artist that is not for everyone and it's very hard to recommend her unless you know they like that specific genre but i wanted to go and do her because i'm like you know what she's a little bit i listen to this style but not frequently and I'm like, you know, I'm feeling this right now. Let's just go for it. But I like that you brought up the tracks with Sweet William because, oh my goodness, I love when she collaborates with with Sweet William. I there's so there's a couple other tracks, and I love it. I don't know what it is, but she does great collaborations. Oh yeah, most definitely. That's probably one of my my favorite things about her, to be honest. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I I completely agree. But I'm glad you both found tracks that you like and enjoyed by her. And I do feel like she has something for at least almost everyone. And I like that her styles, even though it is 
a specific genre you can i feel like at least one person is gonna find a one song you like by her so but yeah, thank uh, you for introducing her to us. You're welcome. You're welcome. So yeah. currently, thank you, Kiki Luna. Vi- this is a wonderful pick. You're welcome. I'm glad. So currently, Kiki Vivi Lily has three studio albums: "Vivid," "Over the Rainbow," and "Tasty," which is her latest release, and two EPs: "Loving You" and "Good Luck Charm," and four digital singles. All of these are available on all digital streaming platforms. You can check out her official website, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube channel, and also her latest music video for Lazy on our site. But yeah, with that, let's continue on to the Oricon chart here. And <laughs> it's better than last week's one, I tell you that much. <laughs> but then again, I think a wet fart was better than last week's <laughs> one, too. Last week's was um, some dark times. So, yeah. <laughs> but with that, Let's continue on to number 10, which is Dry Flower by Yuri. It's been a while since we saw this, so congratulations, Yuri, to coming back on top here. And this week, it's saw a lovely 19,982 points. And continuing on up to number 9, it is Akeboshi by Lisa. Now, last week, you weren't with us, Luna, so this is a new track for you. What did you think about Akeboshi? So, I have mixed feelings on Akeboshi by Lisa. Hmm. I like it. Like, I I think it's a, it, it's a nice song. And going into it, I already knew it was the new theme song, the opening for Yaiba. So, I don't know. I mean, it's been talked about. But it's like, I liked it. However, it is very generic Annie song for her. And it didn't stick out like Homoda or Gurenge. And I, I tried not to compare it, and I listened to it as just, you know, being Lisa, but I also had in the back of my mind, you know, that, hey, this is another Annie song, and I love her Annie song music, but I think my biggest gripe with Akeboshi is that there are other Annie songs she has done that are way better, and that's, that's besides the other two she did for Demon Slayer. I think Osine is better. I think... All the ones she did from SAO are better. And it just falls into that generic pit of, well, it'll, this will definitely be remembered as a theme song for Demon Slayer, Yaiba, but it's also going to be one of more, I think it's going to be one of the more forgettable Yaiba tracks too, compared to others. And to just in be, general. To be perfectly honest, Luna, if I didn't have to remember it for. This week's one, I probably would have forgot Akeboshi. Yeah. It's a very forgettable song. Yes. And that's my issue with it. Like, when I listened to it the first, I'm like, oh, this is really nice. And then a couple hours later, I actually had to go back and re-listen to it just because I wasn't like, uh, I'm like, okay, let me go back again. And I have a feeling next week I'm going to forget about it. It's just not that memorable. It's your typical run-of-the-mill anime theme song. You know, and I love Lisa, but she has so many more memorable songs that are both original and Annie song. Or, I mean, not original, but, you know, out of her wheelhouse and Annie song. So, I mean, it'll probably grow into me when I do finally get around to watching Yaiba, but I still feel like it's always going to hit that generic point. Yeah. 
Yeah, my thoughts and feelings on this really haven't changed since uh, we talked about last week. And yeah, same, same. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's I, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's, you know, I, I hope that the fans of the show like it and if they're happy, that, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the fans of the show aren't liking anything right now. <laughs> well, that's true, too. But regardless, you know. Like we said before, Gray, last week, I think the stuff that she's trying to grow out of that isn't any song is absolutely fantastic. So, but it is how it is, right? Indeed. Indeed. With that, Akiboshi sold a lovely 20,439 points. And going on up to number eight, it is Crybaby by official Higedantism. Once again, like, I don't. I, I don't know why this is still on here <laughs> because I don't think the show that this is attached to is still airing. No, it is not. Yeah, it's off. I don't know why but, it's on here. But editorial came out about a month ago, so maybe it's still no, writing it, off that hype. No, editorial came out like two months ago, I thought. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're right. Time's just going by too fast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your October just came by like, I don't know. Where's... <laughs> So, but I have no idea. But regardless, Cry Baby sold a lovely 21,630 points here. And going on <laughs> to Nagare Dama by Sakurazaka46. Now, you know, I don't know if you listened the last two weeks, Luna, but both me and Gray had a very heated discussion about this particular release. <laughs> what did you feel about Nagare Dama? <laughs> I did not like Nagare Dama at all. I just, <laughs> a, it was a mess. I didn't like the vocals. I didn't like the composition. I just felt like, what the hell are they doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I listened to it and I'm like, what is this? I, I was not a fan. I thought the B-sides were better. Anything was better than Nagare Dama because it was not good. I felt like it was a waste of time, and I was really mad when it was over because I was like, <laughs> well, I could have listened to a lot of other things, or, I, I don't know, I, I, I could have. There are other songs I could have listened to, and it just was like, ugh. You know how, like, when you spend all this time watching something, and you're like, that was a waste of time, why did I do that? Yeah, that was me listening to this song. At least you had a good excuse because it's for the show. So <laughs> sometimes you don't have that excuse to fall back on. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it just I this was not for me at all. And I know idle stuff isn't for me, but this just felt way more than normal for me. Of me like I really do not like this. Why am I listening to this? I was just thinking about all the things that don't fit with it and just how it felt off. And why is this here? And I just went through all these things afterward. So, yeah, that's a, definitely a thumbs down for me. That was a mess. Regardless, you know, how we feel about Nagare Dama, this week it sold a wonderful 23,200 points here. And going on up to number six here, it is the wonderful Nemo Hamo Rumor. And I, I, 
I, I have no idea if you were on the episode that this originally was on. I think you were, Luna. <laughs> I was because I did not like Nemo Hamo rumor. Or no, no. Wait, I think I had mixed feelings on this was one. I This was one I was on it because I went back and revisited it. And I still have mixed feelings because it was like, it's one of those tracks that I really wanted to like. And I think that's why I had mixed feelings. I thought it was okay compared to the compared to uh nagare dama i mean yeah. namo himo was rumor was way better than nagare dama so going back listening to that then listening to namo himo rumor i kind of like okay this is like a nice change still i'm not a big fan of it it's just there for me yeah. but it's better than you know it just i just feel like akb48 isn't what they were and it just makes me really miss the older tracks and yeah, I had some reminiscing for a while. <laughs> Regardless, Nemo Hamo rumor. So a wonderful 23,903 points. And going on up to number five, it's a standby back number. Not much else we can say here. This week it sold a lovely 24,836 points. And going on up to number four, it is living in the dream by the rampage now i know that i'm not really a fan of the rampage so i'm gonna be last in i guess this opinion here but i know that you really like the rampage gray what did you think of this release yeah it was a definitely an interesting release this is definitely something that is a little different from what they typically do and you know that's gonna I think that's going to win them some points in, in certain areas and stuff like that. Me personally, I I don't I didn't like it. I mm. I, I think the auto tuning really hurts it, and I, I don't know. Like to me, like it just it didn't click. Like it's it's not really catchy, and it's just not. I don't know. For me, I just did not like it. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm just too attached to their pop and lock stuff. I don't know, but. I just, I, th I mean, I don't think this is terrible by any means. I don't think this is a bad song by any means. There, I'm certain, you know, there's a lot to like about it. But for me, this is, this was not what I, I what I was looking for, I guess. And I, I don't know. It was weird. I've listened to it like a couple more times since my, that initial listen. And each time it grows a little bit on me. But I don't know if I'll ever love it. It's possible, uh, but right now I'm just like I, I don't know. It's 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 hard for me to really dig this song, which stinks because I do I like the rampage, and I mean I didn't like uh, the second track on this either, which was off the wall. I didn't like off the wall either, so it it is what it is. But I just I just didn't. This to me just was a not what I was looking for, I guess would be the best way to put it. What about you guys? So I liked it. Um, it's, I, I'm not super big into the rampage from exile tribe. They're usually not for me, but I thought living in a dream was a nice change from their usual pop and lock style. Like Ken said, and I, I, the only thing I don't like is the auto-tuning. They could do without that, but I like how they slowed it down. I thought the composition was actually very good. 
and I thought their vocals were really nice. And that's why I would like to hear it without auto-tuning. It felt like a good change. I also thought Moon and Back was... I actually thought the whole EP was good. I liked the whole EP. I think the weakest one, the weakest track on there was... Hold on. I thought the weakest track in there was Stampede, but Moon and Back was also very nice because it had that similar feel to Living in a Dream where it was a very... It was a slower track and you actually get to hear a different side of the rampage. And that is what I liked because it just gives you this. I don't know that it's hard to describe because with them, I've always been hit or miss and I just like seeing them change it up. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I've I. You guys know that I haven't been the biggest fan of the Rampage because of their pop and lock stuff. And I, I've i been very vocal on this show and privately to the two of you that probably out of the four groups for the Exile Tribe sub-label, I think that the Rampage is the weakest. Living on a Dream... I'll bet you get rid of the, the auto-tuning. I think it's a much better song. In my opinion, it's probably one of their better releases that I've actually liked by them. And I understand that if you are a fan of the Rampage's pop and lock stuff, this is probably going to be a huge miss for you. However, this kind of proves what they can do is show range. Now, you just get rid of auto-tune and it'd be, it'd be like from a a six to like a an eight and i think it'd be a much better song but i it shows that they can do other stuff besides the pop and lock and that's what they need to prove to me and that's the only thing they need to prove to me and now that i see that they can do something like this it makes me not feel as bad criticizing them only just doing pop and lock now i know that they have range that's one of my only things here. And I, w- I will say, I, th- I think it's important, especially for groups like the Rampage and Generations and all that, it's really important for them to branch out sometimes and try something new. Even if, say, like, uh, if, it, me, if it doesn't if, work for, yeah, for, for fans of An them. established fan, yeah. I, I think it's important because that's how you grow. That's how you become a better artist. It's how you better understand your craft and and how you get better at at things. So I, I think they, you know, this is a this is a good step for them. Even if it didn't click with me personally, you know, like I think yeah. this was a good move on their part, and now, uh, I, I respect that a lot. Now, will they do something like this for their next release? Probably not. I'm like ninety no. percent sure they will. They won't, and they'll just go back to what their bread and butter, which is fine. But like I said before. As long as I know that they can do this, then it alleviates a lot of my problems for the Rampage. Understandable. Yeah, I can see that. And like Luna said, you know, off the wall, this is an alright trap. Technically, I think Moon and Back is probably one of the best songs on this release, but that's just me personally. <laughs> but regardless, Living in the Dream, so the lovely 28,896 points here. And... Going on up to number three, it is We Are Freaky, or Freaky by Freaky. 
And this is an idol group, but not just any idol group. It's a 150 member idol group. Now, I know <laughs> how we feel about super idol groups and just being a voice in the millions and the drop of the bucket here. But to be freaking honest here, I really hated this release. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I hated it, but I did not like it either. It, this is this is the definition of way too many people. <laughs> I'm sorry. This, this is the literal definition of that. Let's 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 see here. Hold on, hold on. We have one. We got we got. There's 18 different editions for this damn release. Oh my 18. lord. Because it's not just 150 member idol group. It's all their subgroups. Their yeah, subgroups. Was... It's subgroups forming together into this one release. It's like saying, hey, hey, you know how you really like... What what what, what is Morning Musume's label? They're... they're, they're the, uh, sun, sun, sunrise, sunshine. No, 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 no. Um, Hello Project, Hello Project. It's like saying Hello Project had a a a just one single release, and it's like, hey, we're gonna include every single idol group that we have for this one label, and we're gonna do one mega song. It gets so in the weeds of who's the vocalist here. I just don't understand. Now, Hello Project did that two years ago. They, they did that. Because uh, I remember they, they did that one song that I really liked. Oh, it's in my music. It's in my music videos. Uh, Hello Project All-Stars did Ake Gareno Stress-Free. But did I like that song? Oh, no, you hated it. <laughs> so my point still stands. <laughs> but 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 now I did like that song and I hated this. So or I did, like I I did not like it. So cuz even then even then like they they what they did was they transitioned in between each of the groups and it it, it kind of worked a little bit. This it just feels like everyone's singing all at the same time. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like this they, mass they never, singing. They never split across. Now I understand yeah. if you want to highlight certain members, you do that. That's the only way you can do that. Only way. <laughs> yep. But singing on mass does not help you. <laughs> no, it, it it's just, it it all becomes it just it blends together. It's too many voices. It just it becomes work. noise. It just becomes noise at this point. And I hate using that phrase. I really hate saying that it just ends up being noise. Yeah. Because I take offense. I take offense to that. That 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 criticism. But I it just becomes noise because if you if you are saying oh oh Suchan I love you you're my favorite yeah. member of this group. How can you tell Suchan sung the song? <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, like, one of the girls could stop singing literally halfway through it, and you wouldn't know, because there's 149 other voices that are drowning her out, more than likely. So it's just like, eh, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I don't know what they were hoping to accomplish with this release, but it, 
Uh, no, no, they, they went, they went, they went too many steps too far. They need to rein it in. Like, like, I, like 40, like the 48s and 46 groups are pretty big. And I would say even they are too big at times, but if you have the right composition and do it the right way, it, it can work. Uh, but when it's just everybody and they're always singing no because what what's the what does that do like like the point of having the whole group sing together is for harmonization now after you have so many people singing together at the same time there there is no harmonization it's just it is just a vocal force that is just being unleashed on you and it just does not work there's no harmony there and and it just it just did not work it did not work at all you know, if this is a introduction or debut for all these other subgroups and sublabels or the, the subgroups that they have, they did a horrible for, freaking job of doing it. They You're did not a wrong. Job. <laughs> you are not wrong because it, it is just. It is just it's so much. Like, I, I don't know how anyone stands out in that noise. At all. Like I just picked, I just picked a random group from that that whole mess, and like it's called Stainy, and they just debuted in January, and I'm like, how the hell? <laughs> how, how does this how does this help make get you know get them more eyes on them? Because I mean they're they're having to share the spotlight with crap ton of other girls. Yeah, I think you guys said everything I agree with on Freaky listening to it because I did not like We Are Freak by Freaky. It's just too many members, too many cooks in the pot, and you can't tell who from who, and it really just sounds like noise. To me, It I feel nothing for this track, and this is when you know you have way too many members in a group when you can't distinguish anyone from anyone, and it all just blends together, and it just becomes a point in its noise. Like I said, like I said, I I love my Suchan, but how the hell am I gonna know if Suchan's singing or not? You have no idea because she's competing with 150 other members. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, no, if they did this like like oh like I don't know, I don't know like an uh, Avengers style thing where they just had each member group then do like pairs of the other groups. I think that would have been a little bit more better overcoming to introduce all these groups to the main masses. Not just, we're going to put every single person that we have on deck and release one song, and hopefully it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. if they would have done that, that would have been better, and that way you get an idea of which group is which. This just feels like a mash of you don't know who's who, which group is who, which members, which members. So there's almost this track seems pointless and a waste of time. When you really when we really start discussing it, it's like, did we get anything out from this? Do we understand anything about any of these groups that are all in this big group? Do we know anything about these members? Nope, because we can't distinguish who from who. Exactly. Regardless. <laughs> We are free K. So the lovely 34,339 copies because it's physical only too because it's this kind of idol group. <sighs> but going on up to number two, it is Butter by BTS. I'm, I'm still want my BTS meal. But 
regardless, this week it saw the lovely 40,917 points here. And going on up to number one, it is... So this is a very interesting way of how to do a title in Japanese, but it's Tekka by Hinatazaka46. Now, as our resident Hinatazaka46 lover... Luna, why don't you go first? <laughs> wow. Wow, the sarcasm there. My That's goodness. Great. I love it. I love it. So, Takao was okay. And I'm not, y'all know I'm not a big Hinatazaka 46 fan. And I think you're just not a big 46 fan in general. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, ever, I, ever I, since. Ever since Kiyakizaka went down the drain, I think we, yeah. both me and you aren't really the biggest 46 person. No. They have to really wow me. So, for Taka, it's okay. I mean, it's pretty much your run-of-the-mill, by-the-numbers idol, and it's going to be forgotten. I will say to that, because this was like a super single type of thing, Yeah, I actually thought the B-sides were way better I felt like with Taka, it's very forgettable composition, vocals, everything about it. But when you get into the B-sides, like, Yumeha Nasa Nai Made was fantastic. I thought the second track, Nando Nando Demo, Nando Demo was actually pretty good, too. But when you, then you listen to Taka and you're just like, what? I understand it's by the Mills Idol, so yes, people are going to want it. They're run-of-the-mill, and then they'll get that whole super single. But for me, it was a big miss. Now, if you're a big fan of Hinatazaka 46, or if you like your basic idol shit, then you're going to love it. You're going to eat it up because you like to buy the numbers. But if you're one of those fan, even fans who like the older stuff, you're probably not going to like it. And you're, you're, you like that time period you're stuck in because this is just so generic, it's forgettable and... It's there. <laughs> I just, I just kind of hear Gray on the sidelines, just like wincing. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm that might have been a slap to the right. face. <laughs> I think she's a hundred percent right. I just happen to like it. <laughs> That's like the only difference. Is like, oh, no, I think she's one hundred percent right. Just, I really liked it. It's like that. I wouldn't even say so I really that, liked it. I just liked uh, it. How did you, how did you feel about the release? Besides, you liked it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I think it's good. I think, you know, it's Hinatazaka playing to their strengths. And I think that's why I liked it. Because like I, I've said before, and I'll say it again, they they do generic idol and they do it really well. And this song is case and point. I don't think it's as strong as their release that they had earlier this year, which I'll, I'll give you the name of it in a minute. But it's not as uh, Kimi Shikakatan, I think, is a better song than Tekka. But yeah, I did. I liked it. You know, I was like, you know, what? it's still in that that window for Hinatazaka 46 that they that they live in and they're in their wheelhouse. And I, I think they do well on uh, this hits all the check boxes. And like I like when I listened to it, I, I knew immediately I was like, you know, this is to my taste. I, I do like it. Uh, but I don't know if I would recommend this song to anybody. Uh, if, and honestly, I could see this song being like, if you were writing in your car, listening to the radio, I could see like a lot of people turning this off. I'm just going to be honest with you because it's that by the numbers. So I would rip the, the radio out. And throw it out the window. <laughs> see, 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 can, can prove my point. 
So yeah, like I said, I, I think it's for me. I don't and like like there's an audience for this clearly because it's number one, but. I think it's for that audience and nobody else. I just, like I said, I just don't know who would, who the song would pull in. That's not already into this okay. style. Yeah. 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 This is, this is for fans. So, but yeah, no, I like, like I said, I liked it. I think Hinatazaka 46 is doing what they do best and they're, they're pretty consistent. So I, I think this is pretty on track for them and I can't complain. Yeah, no, it's uh very by the numbers for their release. But you know, as soon as I saw, like, I I didn't really pay attention to releases as of late, so I didn't know what is releasing this week's. But as soon as I saw Hinata Zaka Forty Six, I was just like, oh boy, <laughs> I had an oh boy moment there, and it's it was alright in my opinion. It's it's by the numbers what they are it's not not soul blasting like how we are freaky is and and nagaridama i think out of the like four major idol songs that we have i think that this was not the best but the most tolerable <laughs> and sometimes that's all it takes you know it's the most what you can tolerate the most not not a standard you should be striving for, but sometimes it's what you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Regardless, Tekka sold the lovely 432,609 points. And going on up to the albums real fast here, as I know we have a little bit of a time constraint here. There is the special edition for Tekka at number 10. We got... Karaoke Mai, what? <laughs> At number six here with unconditional love, uh, we got Dimension Dilemma by Ipan. We got Sky High with his new album at number three, and we got Very Six Best by V Six, their best of album. But yeah, I want to say thank you for listening to this week's episode of Ungakudo. You can follow us on all podcasts, streaming services, and on all social media websites at Ungakudo on Twitter at and Instagram. You can follow our affiliates, Corey Hunter, who is a retro streamer and is going through emo Vember. I think that's what his new tagline is. But you can check him out at twitch.tv slash Corey Hunter, K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also check out our affiliate, Temper Tab, who is going behind the weeds of what it takes to make a video about Deltarune. So you can check him out at twitch.tv slash timbertaf, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out our affiliate and your sister, who I, I literally forgot the name of right Rose now. Rosalie. Talking... <laughs> <Yeah>, Rose. <laughs> but yeah, you can check out your lovely sister, Rose Luna, at twitch.tv slash Kitty, who is probably very excited about and probably very thankful about the Final Fantasy fourteen delay. So, <laughs> but you can check her out at twitch.tv slash rainstarkitty r a i n s c a r k i t t y. Can also check out our affiliate Fangirl Has No Name, who is a variety streamer and very much into the Zelda community. Can check her out at twitch.tv slash Fangirl Has No Name f a n g i r l r l h a s n o n a m e. Can also check out the podcast that I do with Kyo Timber. And Fangirl Cup Podosaurus, 
this week we talked about a bunch of other things here, such as the new Animal Crossing update, which I've been loving. I House of Ashes and Mario Party. Oh, and a very hilarious rundown of Shimigami Tensei's Five's review from Polygon. Trust me, it's nothing like Persona Five. I don't know why people do this. I really don't know why. But if you want to hear our ramblings about that, check out Curry Hunter, same as his Twitch handle on all podcast streaming services. You can check me out on Twitter at OTYKen1. Where can we check you out, Luna? You can check me out on several social media platforms, such as Twitter, Letterboxd, my anime list, Anime Planet, as LunaMaria87, or Instagram as NerdyCollectorLuna, where I post about where all the money goes when it comes to releases, especially talk about physical media, my cats, and what I am watching and listening to. And where can we follow you, Gray? You can follow me on Twitter at OngakaGray, where I tweet out what I'm watching, what I'm playing, all that fun jazz, so just follow me there. But yeah, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Ongakadu. I'm your host, Ken saying thank you very much, and have a great day. Aloha. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We appreciate you guys so much, you guys and gals so much. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Jamatane. And this is great. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we're right back here next week. Bye-bye.